the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity System, the energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory authorized dealer licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL, system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401 401- 351 7600 Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering 401 351 7600. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website depietro.com. I want to get into it. Obviously, the big news over the weekend was the uh, impeachment of President Trump. The president was acquitted, but the, the real highlight reel to me was one of the president's attorneys doing an interview afterwards. And he brings up the fact that the impeachment managers manufactured some of the evidence. And the anchor who was doing it works for it's CBS News Online. So they have their own website. But I love the fact that he really went after this CBS reporter. You haven't heard it. I'm going to play it. We're going to play it a lot. Really went after it. Like, how dare you just try to say, all right, well, so they manufactured a little bit of uh, a little bit of evidence and he really went after it, and it sounded like this. He was just terrific. Where straight way? The straight way. When I watch the news, I watch one station, and it's raining. I watch another station at the same time, and it's sunny. Your coverage is so slanted, it's got to stop. You guys have to stop and start reporting more like PBS does rather than... Uh, 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 a TV news show that doesn't have any journalistic integrity at all. What I'm telling you is that they doctored evidence. And I believe your question says, well, it's only a Twitter check and, a, and changing a year of a date here. They switched the date of a Twitter a year to try to connect it to this case. That's not a small thing, ma'am. The other thing they did is they put Sorry. a check mark on something to, to make it look like it was a validated account when it wasn't. And when they were caught, they didn't say anything about it. They didn't even try to come up with an excuse about it. And that's not the way our prosecutors or our government officials should be conducting themselves. And the media shouldn't be letting them get away with it either. I'm tired of the biased media on both sides, left and right. What this country wants, what this country needs, is this country to come together, to take the left and the right and find a middle ground and start responsibly being our public officials, our elected officials. And the new, and the re, one of the reasons why they do it is because of the media because the media wants to tell their narrative rather than just telling it like it is. And frankly, I'm tired of it. I'm not a media, I'm not in front of your cameras all the time, uh, but what right. I've been subjected Sir, I, to I, this I last week. I understand, I yeah. understand, and I've given you, you the opportunity. You don't want to hear the truth, yeah. 
Okay. I've given you the opportunity. I, I will remind you that what I said was that for our viewers who have not been following all of the hours of of this trial, mm -hmm. to be clear about what you what you are speaking about, and I understand I'm speaking that you about seem the House very managers upset. failure to prove their case. That's that, that's what I'm telling and you. They you weren't able to prove their the case. Acquittal. You have won the acquittal of your client. Yes, and if you'd I like did. to continue to talk about this conversation, we can have that discussion. I don't need but, to. Uh, but for me to ask a question, a, a, slant, a slanted question, a slanted question that was set up question. to say it's okay for them to cheat. That was your question. Isn't it okay for that. them to cheat? I didn't it's say just that. Just a little bit. You no. said to be fair, it was it's only fine. a check on the Twitter. That's what you said. You got to live by your words. I, uh, That's I, the problem. The media has to start living by the truth and not try to right. create a narrative. Michael Vanderveen, yep. thank you for Citizen. joining us. I, I do appreciate. Yep. Okay. I, I see you taking off your microphone now. That was President Trump's defense attorney, Michael Vanderveen. And it sure was. Good for him. How great was that, folks? All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, Maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com we're in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 .9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It is time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, I'm going to start off with um, Governor Mundo, who we had not heard from since September uh, 22nd. 
before Christmas. She um, is still awaiting when the Senate is going to have a full confirmation vote on her nomination. It did make its auto out of its uh, the committee. So she's poised to have the full Senate vote on her nomination to be Commerce Secretary for President Biden. But um, so last week, all of a sudden, apparently, the, both the Providence Journal and Channel 12 got a call telling them, and this happens sometimes, if you were to be at a certain place at a certain time, you uh, can get a quick interview with the governor. That's what happened. Uh, Channel 12, by the way, sent Kim Kalunian, who she anchors the four to five uh, newscast on Channel 12. And I noticed that it was dark when they were speaking in the parking lot right outside the Rhode Island State House. And so uh, it's now light out till about 5.15. I asked another reporter and the reporter said, oh, well, they talked earlier in the day. But if they talked earlier in the day, it would have been it would have been light out. So that means that they waited until she finished the five o'clock news and then got her a photographer over there. So it seems like it was more probably like, you know, sometime after 530, I would imagine. But anyhow, um, and Governor Mundo is still very committed and da da da. So just what's your uh, your thoughts on uh, the fact that we finally did quote hear from the governor? Well, I, I, the, the setup of it is, is interesting, even, even if it weren't, you know, calling to give a special favor to some, some preferred reporters in the state, uh, just the idea of our governor to get, to get a word from the governor, our reporters have to kind of catch her in the parking lot. I mean, that's kind of the optics of this. And it, it just doesn't seem, it seems odd. It seems like the kind of thing that happens when your, your political leader is, caught up in some kind of controversy and hiding from the press, uh, not when they're supposedly going on to a, a higher well, a, a federal office. So I, I thought, you know, the, the whole thing seemed kind of off to me and, and just emphasized the, the limbo that the state is in. I mean, it gave her some opportunity for, for happy talk about the virus uh, and, and uh, the vaccination, which, you know, it's, it's not clear the vaccinations are causing the decrease in hospitalizations as she claimed. Uh, but uh, other than that, I just thought it was interesting that she said my day to day hasn't changed all that much. I mean, just even just even just the fact that she's not doing interviews means that her day to day right. must have changed. I mean, that was that was part of her day to day, unless she just means she really didn't do much other than prep for her career while in office before but I, I don't think that's what she meant no it was not and it's interesting you said that i asked a, another reporter about the whole thing and he said well he said well i he works for another station he said well i didn't get a phone call and i said well i know you didn't get a phone call because because <laughs> you didn't you didn't get her and then he said oh well i i don't know if they got a phone call i think they were just kind of staking out there and i said staking out the the person that was asking the questions isn't even a reporter in the field anymore like this this actually goes on quite a bit i i mean some time to time if there's someone that's that's in the news that wants to get a quick comment or word out i've had someone an aide with them say if you were to be in a certain place he may walk by or she may walk by if you want to get a quick word like that type of thing so there's nothing new about it, but I uh, what just struck me was for her to say, I'm, I've been working hard as ever. Like We know that's not the case. The, the vaccine program in Rhode Island has been an unmitigated disaster. And, and it also demonstrates to me that for better or worse, the, the whole key with the Governor Mundo team, uh, Justin Katz, to me has been that she is, it's, it's kind of like either and I don't mean this is it's going to sound derogatory, but it's it's like when the parents not home with the bosses and in the office, not as much work gets done. She she is the one that last weekend, I believe she called a CVS executive at home because the rollout has been so poor. Now, you know, obviously, you're not going to get that from Dr. Scott or McKee is still in no man's land. So to me, it just it demonstrated that how she needs to be very hands-on maybe other people have their administration set up that they could be a little more absentee but for Rwando's uh, administration to fully function she needs to be there fully engaged and working every day yeah well, I think that a lot of that's just the, the way 
sort of the way the combination of the progressive and the you know smartest person in a room kind of syndrome i think that that's the kind of administration that type of person sets up every every decision has to go back to that person and the policies aren't that great so to get anything done you have to make personal phone calls and push right. people to do things they wouldn't do because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to do it you, uh, i mean that's that's really in my view the, the difference here it's it's an administration that's been set up around a personality and as we've discussed for years i I mean, early on, the, the Commerce Secretary, Stefan Pryor, when he was new, made the, made the Commerce Corporation a promotion vehicle for Governor Raimondo. I mean, that was, that's what it became. And so when that's the environment you work in, yeah, nothing, things aren't going to get done, part, partly because you've hired people not on the basis of their independent thinking, uh, and partly because they don't, they don't know what you, the boss, want. And I, I think that we also see that in this, the flight of all these bureaucrats who supposedly bureaucrats, you know, the head of a department or, or lower should be able to carry on from one administration to the next. But the fact that they're all seeking new jobs or looking for appointments to courts or that sort of thing, that uh, it shows you that it, it really was built around the political career of Gina Raimondo. And we, we've seen the effects in Rhode Island. Uh, and, and unfortunately, we're, we're seeing that continue to this day. You know, last week there was a story in the New York Times and, and, and there was a huge pop piece on her and Rhode Island and the schools and this. I mean, it was just so elaborate on and on. And one of the things, again, now this is all spoon fed to them that they highlight was the fact that uh, during the course of the summer with the briefings that many times uh, out on the stage was uh, her first female governor and Dr. Scott, a uh, person of color who's the Rhode Island Department of Health. And Angelica Infante Green, uh, female Latino, like that is not something that if you were doing a story on the vaccine or the schools or the rollout, that you would necessarily write about. That was spoon fed. That was important. That is something that, like to me, it's the governor, the optics of how things are done are actually more important than just getting people who can efficiently do the job. And I think that's what you were saying as well, I think. Yeah, well, well, certainly. I mean, it's it's all it's all political. It's all for show. And to the extent, so that's the the careerist political thing. But the, to the extent that uh, anything gets done in this sort of administration, I mean, part of the part of the governor's. So I guess yeah, I, that's what I was saying. But I'm adding to it the the idea that here's you know I went to Ivy League schools, Rhodes Scholar. I'm the smartest person in the room. That kind of person, when they're in charge, sets things up. So yes. that they have to make the decisions. Uh, and then you add in the, the fact that their policies are, are not wise. They're not things you would, the normal person would think to enact. Um, well, we've seen this nationally, in my view, with let's shut down everything for a virus that kills very few people. Uh, you know, that that sort of a, an environment, you you people aren't going to act just because it makes sense. You haven't set them up. You haven't hired people who are going to do that. That's not their highest priority. Their highest priority is adhering to the the uh, the narrative of the person in charge who's the smartest person in the room. And I, I think that's that's really what we're seeing. And when, when that's the administration you're setting up, I mean, if you went out and you collected the, um, the top people for your administration, they may not work out to look perfectly, you know, like the the rainbow on the stage. You know, it just might not. You might end up with with a bunch of white guys. You might end up with a bunch of people who are older. You know, it's just that's how you'll what you'll get when you hire on merit. You don't get that. But when you're you know, when you downgrade the authority of everybody around you to you, you know, just keep things going and I'll make all the important decisions, then right. you, you can pick and choose. You, then yes. color, color can become the best thing because you don't need yes. much talent to be that person. Right. But that only functions if that person who is the center of the whole thing is fully engaged exactly. and operating. <laughs> to, to but when they're not, yeah, yes, exactly. this, this is what happens. And I think you, to to degree, you're almost seeing a little bit that how the Biden administration is going to work, which is it seems almost that he could like, you know, take three months off and the way they can have it set up. And no one would notice because <laughs> people are just going to function the way they're going to function. Justin Katz, what do you make of the fact that last week uh, you had the mayor of Warwick was the first one, followed by the mayor, Krantz, mayor of North Providence, saying that uh, right now, the fact that uh, the situation, this isn't fair to McKee that uh, Governor Raimondo should resign. Right, what was your thought on that? And also, are you surprised that that more people haven't uh, made that argument and made noise about that? 
Well, on that last question, I don't know. I, it's hard to be surprised about anything like that in Rhode Island. It's such an insider go along to get along system that anybody speaking up in those terms uh, is kind of surprising and refreshing. Uh, and I mean, to that caveat, you, you, we should note that, you know, these are people who are friendly with McKee or, or likely to be friendly with McKee and certainly to, as mayors to prefer the policies he as a former mayor will probably pursue. But that said, they're, they're not wrong. And I think it's, it's notable that you're dealing with three mayors, all of them different parties, I believe, a Democrat, a yes. Republican, and an independent, yeah. uh, all calling for <laughs> Governor Raimondo to, to step aside. And I, that's not all because they might prefer McKee. It's, there's, there's a real vacuum. And I think people can feel that it's it's let's this is not the time we're we're here supposedly as the Gov governor Raimondo said in the parking lot supposedly with the hospitalizations plummeting like a rock uh, supposedly trying to get everything back on track and get back to life as soon as possible this is not the time to be ha have a have a one or two month uh, kind of interregnum where we don't quite know that the outgoing governor won't leave and the incoming governor can't take over. I mean, that's just not the time to have that. And so it's when you have, when you start to have people who are in charge of their own municipalities calling for a little bit of resolution of that ambiguity, I, th I think that's, a, that's an important thing that probably could, I mean, it's gotten some play, but I think that it could get more emphasis. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more Justin Katz. Our segment is politics this week right here on the John DePietro Show. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com This winter you can depend on Henry Oil call them today 401-521-0200 make Henry Oil make the switch make Henry Oil your reliable affordable fuel oil delivery company 401 521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401 521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass it's henry oil call them 401-521-0200 this winter i'm asking you to switch to henry oil online at henryoil.com we're speaking with justin katz managing editor oceanstatecurrent.com our segment is politics this week on the john DePietro show folks am 1380 99.9 fm Justin, uh, last week, the director of administration, former chief of staff to Governor Mundo, Brett Smiley, he's apparently running for mayor of Providence, and he had to start to return some donations. Good investigative work. I think it was both the Providence Journal and Channel 12 did discover he had accepted money from vendors that do business with the state uh, to suddenly start donating to his, you know, blossoming uh, mayoral campaign. So by the end of the week, first it started a couple donations and reached, he had to return over $8,000 and I think it's still going. And he finally announced that when Governor Mundo leaves, he's going to be leaving. What are, what are your thoughts on the the smiley soon to be resignation? I mean, he it's not like he left Friday. He just said that when she leaves, he's going to leave. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I wrote about this on Ocean State Current. I, I do think, you know, on, on, on one hand, it is it is not surprising he would be getting out because he's, he's probably not going to be as much of a fit with, with McKee as he was with Raimondo. But to do it under this ethical cloud, it, it makes you wonder, you know, is it is it really less ethical to take donations when you're running for office than when you're in an office? I, that's what's, what strikes me is the kind of the, the how the spotlight it puts on our, our conceits about uh, ethics in, in government. But, I, you know, it's, it's, it's not surprising he's exiting, but it, it is kind of, you know, so I'll, I'll exit in order to be able to take these donations from people who are going to want something from me as mayor and maybe as governor one day or whatever. Um, I, I think that's, that's just very telling. And he's never been, I mean, if you look back, Smiley has had, you know, he's, for example, in Providence, very helpful uh, transact, real estate transactions that seemed somewhat related to his job and in, in city government. Uh, so that and state government. So that's not, you know, it's kind of been this, this, uh, I don't I want to say lingering odor around his career so far in Rhode Island, mm. and it just continues. It's interesting you say that because uh, you're right. And he also, to me, he's really pushed the limit and pushed the line as far as he would still have a communicate. Uh, a consulting business going on. And just so people understand, he's the director of administration for the state. Uh, they award state contracts. So the optics of this, where someone is sitting across the desk from him. Now, I know it's COVID, but nonetheless, and they're, the, you know, the state's about to give this person a state contract. One of them, the contracts was, I think it was like 400, worth 400000 And in the course of that, he's then also saying, by the way, uh, could I count on you? Would you donate to my campaign? I mean, it's it's such a pay to play type atmosphere. But he's um, and, and on top of that, Justin Katz, he also was caught red handed. Someone from the Ethics Commission had to resign because they were meeting at the law office with none other than Ed Catunio, who we just saw last fall from Winning Ways, the mail ballot king. To me, Smiley is one of those people he has no intentions of reforming or improving the system. He just plans to exploit the system, so to speak. Oh yeah, absolutely. And in, in a way you could almost say he's just more honest. <laughs> just, I mean, it, it's, it's almost preferable in some, in, from, from some perspectives to have somebody out there who's telling you, this is who I am. This is what you get. I mean, this way we, we know going in, if, if people are going to vote for somebody like that, rather than two years, have him, taken out of office in handcuffs. I mean, it's, it's better to, in some, you could make the case it's better this way. But I, I think, you know, I almost can't because he came up kind of as a, a young progressive in Rhode Island, from, to my recollection. And you almost can't help tying it to this progressive there are no rules anymore. We're just gonna, you know, we're, whether we are talking about the, the young progressive legislators who are, you know, just in your face with canceling people who say anything bad about them or, or, uh, you know, a sleazy progressive uh, operator behind the scenes in the, uh, in the executive branch. It's, it's just, it, to me, it, it all kind of comes together as this is, this is who they are. This is the way they think government should run because in their minds, they're the good guys. And I, I think that's, that it's in a way it's, it's kind of nice to just have that, that clarity about it, whether Rhode Islanders respond as you would hope, well, I guess we'll find out. Well, Smiley to me, uh, Brett Smiley has, has always struck me as like when we, you and I talk about they think they're the smartest in the room. His He had been a lobbyist and then he was like a campaign kind of consultant type of thing. And then he decided 2014 to finally throw his hat in the ring. He runs for office. He did not run a good campaign, mayor of Providence. But you had your first inkling when he had that famous uh, press conference uh, right at Prospect Park, overlooking the city. He was with Mayor Lorza, and he announced that he was pulling out of the mayoral race. This was 2014. Michael Solomon was in the lead. This was the Democrat primary in September. And he says that he's he's pulling out of the race and he's going to endorse Mayor Lorza. And there's no agreement or deal between them. He's just doing what's good for the city. Alorza, with the help of Smiley, defeats Brett Smiley in that Democrat primary in September. Alorza, as we know, then goes on and beats Dan Harrop and Cianci in November in 2014 to become the mayor of Providence. And then the first thing he does is Smiley is 
is like this, like vice mayor, lieutenant mayor, because Alorza had a chief of staff, but Smiley was just like senior person with the mayor. But my point is, it goes back to, no, there was an agreement when he announced that he was leaving the race and then endorsing Alorza. And so there's always been this pattern. I think the fact at this point with what we saw last fall during the Brit trial to be meeting with Ed Catunio, who I, I was aghast when I saw like, this is the mail ballot king. <laughs> I mean, this guy seems like he, you know, would be trying to sell you like a used car. This is the guy you're hiring. Um, I, I think despite the, the appearance and everything else, boy, he to me is is just as slick and dirty as they come. Yeah, I, I remember. It's funny you say the smartest person in the room bring the smartest person in the room thing up because I, I think during that mayoral campaign, it was Smiley's was when Smiley put out this. I don't know if it went ran on TV or was just an online video of with the tagline of "I've got a plan for that." And just yeah, uh, he's. I think he was popping out of places. I've got a plan to fix that. You know, I'm just the smartest yes. person you'll ever encounter. And I think what we find in Rhode Island again and again the 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 smartest people in a room here display their intelligence mainly by gaming the system. They always find an angle. They always find a way to make a Excellent profit point. off of people. And I, I think that's, yes. that's what we we've been getting. And it's, it is kind of funny that it's, it's built on this sort of sleazy, you know, old, old school fraud, mail, mail ballot fraud kind of, platform uh that's that's the foundation of being the smartest person in the room and always gaming the system and making a profit off the taxpayers but yeah that's i think that to me i that's see the picture you paint is of brett smiley seems so clear to me i i kind of hope that it Islanders just can't help but see through it though you know and also just to clarify those were television ads that okay, he yep. was running he the way i understand it, he misspent you know, you get a budget certain month. By the time August hit, he had spent all his money, so he had no money left. He was spending money on those television ads as if, like, the money was endless. You know, one last point about the Ed Coutinho thing was it was Smiley that hired Jeff Britt to, um, in, in you know, leading up to 2018. For a short period of time in 2018, it was Smiley that actually hired Britt to work. It was either he worked for the Democrat Party or he... He worked for Ramundo even for a little while, uh, but like he is that that's a very good way to phrase it, that smartest one in the room. Their way to do it is they use that to game the system, not as I would like to think. If there was someone that said, hey, this is a loophole we have to close. They don't operate that way. They then use that information to, for personal gain. And as far as if you have a pay to play at the director administration, I mean, that's very damaging. That was. That was really like the the, the the Dupree administration, which was if you wanted to do business with the state, you you had to you know donate. And then Dennis Dupree, the son, uh, apparently would go around and collect all the money. But it's one thing when it's a city, a town. There's nothing good about that. But the state obviously awards, you know, a lot of contracts. Never mind you all the covid money. So there's a there's a lot at play with that whole thing. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Again, it's politics this politics this week right here on the John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie. And it's my health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 305 3585. You've seen her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health, because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, one understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas the service is the best plus hemp and cbd products plus massage therapy reflexology pilates folks stop it and see her it's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins 1099 menden road in cumberland you can call her at 401 305 3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie 
at It's My Health. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator, or your stove, or oven, or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed, the, he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. Well, Justin, last week, um, I, I was somewhat put off. Two weeks ago, the press briefing, the COVID briefing, I thought, and I had said it was pretty much a train wreck. This week, they, they uh, before they came out, one of the press people said, when they come out, uh, they're going to try to really move this along, try to keep your questions shorter. They're going to try to keep it shorter. And, and Dr. Scott, this time, she only talked for like 20 minutes instead of speaking for 50 minutes. And then Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee was there. But it's still this like, I want to congratulate this person and this is going great and everything else. And Justin, by all accords, we are still ranked 50th in the country, smallest state in distributing the vaccine. As much as they are trying to argue, well, it's the metric that we use. The fact of the matter is why, why are we always like using this different metric and the fact that Governor Mundo had to call a CVS executive at home on a Sunday night, that, that does not mean that things are running smoothly. What do you make of the fact that we are 50th in the country in distribution of the vaccine? Well, in, in my view, it's, it's, it's almost like there, there's a, a reasonable idea behind the way they're approaching things. But between the messaging and the execution, they, they leave themselves no no excuse. I mean, so it's to me from the beginning, I've been saying we really ought to not close down everything, but protect the vulnerable population. And if so, that's your approach. You get to a vaccine, you say, okay, we're going to vaccinate the people who are vulnerable, who are in danger and whose lives are most limited by this virus. And then we'll move on to the general population. That kind of makes sense, but you have to one, be able to execute it to make sure you're getting vaccine to other people so you're not like in New York where they were throwing thousands of doses out because they couldn't distribute them fast enough. Um, but two, you've got to message it that way. And they don't even put it that way. They try to wrap it up in this equity cloak as if it's a racial thing. Uh, it's, it's not, it's, I guess. It, you're supposed to be trying to, get the, trying to get the older folks and the frontline workers vaccinated. And I think the, the biggest problem I find with the messaging on that is that nothing changes. It's not as if... If, if they came out and said the first few thousand doses we're going to give to the elderly and then they can have visitors or something like that, then they can go on with their lives. Rhode Islanders wouldn't necessarily, I mean, it would be clear why we're using a different metric, but instead they just leave themselves open to this, this kind of, we don't have as many done out there. So I, I mean, I, I, I have to admit, I kind of agree with the approach. I mean, COVID is not particularly deadly for most people. And so it's not clear to me that vaccinating the most people is is the way to go necessarily. But the, just the the execution is off. It's not being done well, and it's not being done clearly. 
the, the explanation is not being offered. As you say, it's a 50 minute or even a 20 minute speech from the health director does not convey a clear message. It, it ought to be, here's what we're doing, here's why, and here's how we're doing it. That doesn't seem to be the way messaging goes, maybe because they're just, they're trapped in that, that, that void between a rational policy and being able to articulate it well and execute it well. And I think that's, to me, again, that's been typical of, of the Raimondo administration from the beginning. Justin Katz, the conservative caucus of the Rhode Island GOP, which is separate than the Rhode Island GOP, but the Providence Journal did a story, and I also received an email. They are having a raffle, and they're raffling off an AR-15. And this is, uh, the story was hitting the same day that uh, in the anniversary of the shoot Parkland shooting, you know, President Biden's calling for, again, you know, a ban on assault weapons and more gun restrictions. But uh, just the basic premise, do you think, what do you think of, what do you think of the uh, conservative caucus of Rhode Island? I believe uh, Mark um, Sakari is part of that. But what, what do you think of them holding a raffle to raffle off an AR-15? Well, as, as a beginning disclaimer, I should say that Mark does uh, Rhodey Reporter segments on Ocean State Current uh, about weekly little video segments. So there is a, a kind yep. of relationship there. But not, frankly, I mean, it was, it was funny to, to recall in 2013 when the state GOP did a similar thing and it became national news. Yes. Uh, and yeah. even I went back and reminded myself, Alan Fung came out against it. Uh, at the time, you know, I, I have no problem with it. I think it's to me, I mean, I'm on, I'm on board with, with the messaging, the second amendment messaging, and uh, I'm on board with, with pushing back on, you know, the, this, this initiative, you know, Biden deciding now is the time to go after guns for some strange reason. It kind of reminds me of, um, you know, when, when progressive uh, Harvey Weinstein got jammed up with the Me Too movement, he put out a, he put out a big letter. I, I'm going to come back from this and go after the NRA. I mean, it was it was just so. I don't know. I'm. I think it's it's getting them attention they wouldn't have otherwise gotten to help them raise money, and and it's a it's a legal product. I mean, I was I was kind of disappointed to see uh, Dan McKee come out feeling like he had to denounce this. I I just don't I don't understand why it's so hard for especially somebody in kind of that. Political limbo between lieutenant governor office and governor office to just come out and say these are legal items. As long as they follow the law for distributing them, it's how they raise money is their business. I, I'm not sure I understand why it ought to be a controversy, and I think it comes down to the narrative. One of the things McKee said was, uh, "We don't need more of these weapons on the street," which strikes me as uh, as kind of insulting. You know, as a as a conservative who might participate in a raffle like this the idea that if i were to win a gun uh, i'd be carrying it around the street like some kind of rambo and using it to commit crimes it's just it's just plain insulting and i, I think to the extent that these sorts of contests can can you know raise that sort of sort of impression in the general public there is another view here i think it's a it's a healthy thing apart from being just you know a way to raise money politically which nobody complains about it do you think what about the reaction of the Rhode Island Republican Party? And is that, though, something that defines in some way who the party is through the imaging? Because then the media jumps on it so much. Well, you know, the media is going to jump on anything. I, I, you know, the, the, from what I could tell, the state Republican Party's response was, was really more like we're working on something else. Just to be clear, this isn't us. Um, of course, that, that's not a supportive statement, but it's just, a, you know, we're not involved in this. Um, so I, I, you know, the, the media is going to jump on things, but, you know, as somebody who's active in conservative politics in the state, I, you know, the, the second amendment cause has some of the most passionate, um, passionate line crossing party line crossing groups in the state. Yes. And so to me, it, it makes sense as for, from an activist point of view to, to put this kind of front and center and really just at some point, <laughs> conservatives are going to have to push back on the narrative that any gun in the street is going to be, is is a potential uh, school shooting and in, in waiting waiting because it's it's just not true and we don't treat other items like that i mean especially at a time when we're the, the state government i mean you want to talk about brett smiley giving out uh favors as the government has all this uh, money involved in, in the economy uh you know we're, we're starting to legalize marijuana you know if, if you want to start talking about what rights people have, you know, I think conservatives have to 
say, you know, this is this is an important right. It's not just it's not just a weapon. It's a civil right, and I, I think it's important to emphasize that. Next, folks, our segment is politics this week. Uh, with me is Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, there's a special election uh, next month in the month of March, and already. Secretary of State Nellie Gobi is making the rounds and doing different media interviews. Everyone got their unsolicited mail ballot. And uh, what, what I'm just astounded at is how much there's she, – she receives no pushback on the voting in Rhode Island as she's making the rounds on this stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, they're all on board with it. What struck me was um, a press release her office put out, and I, I wrote about this on OceanStateCurrent.com, the – they have a transparency portal so you can go and see down to the precinct level. So, you know, every town municipality is broken into several precincts down to that level. And you can see how many early votes, how many mail votes, how many mail ballots have been uh, ordered. And she's her spin on this is that we're, it, it proves that we can have confidence in their transparency, which no, that's really telling us how many people are voting that way. doesn't really give us much. Telling us, no. telling us how their signatures were verified. Now that would be transparent. If you could, if you had a metric to say this signature was verified on a scale from zero to ten, with ten being perfect match and zero being not a match at all. I mean, if that we had that kind of data, that would give us confidence. Instead, what they do is they release this this really granular data on on who's voted, which is only useful to people who are really really active. So you know, if you're if you're really know your local voting blocks and you know how many supporters you have and you know how many mail ballots your people have pushed out into the field you can almost track down to the person who's voted and who you have to right. go leverage that's a and now granted that works for both sides of the aisle but it's the insider system that has thousands and thousands millions of, of taxpayer dollars union dollars progressive billionaire dollars flowing through its political machine, they're going to have a much bigger advantage with that kind of data. So it's, it's just struck me as, you know, you're, I'm not sure that's, that's the sort of data that ought to be out there. And if you want to give us confidence that the, that the election is smooth and working well, then, you know, give us confidence that we're the people who are voting should be voting. I mean, that's what's really important. Not that somebody cast a ballot in precinct 3307 of Tiverton. Right. Finally, um, you know, there was always I, I can't stand when they would do these stories. And they were so happy to do them on the never Trumpers. And you and I know already a lot of these people. It's always Gary Sass and Dawson Hodgson. They give them so much ink, even though it's like a handful of people. And they were so proud of announcing that the Lincoln Project and this was the real Republicans. Well, my whole thing is I wish they would do a follow up now that the Lincoln Project has completely imploded. And that, you know, John Weaver and uh, making these allegations and and uh, sexually going after a lot of the young guys, I, I would uh, there doesn't seem to be suddenly now uh, I don't see any follow up articles. And I wish they would on these never Trumpers that were all touting the Lincoln Project. Yeah, well, I mean, the Lincoln Project is, is starting to look like a bunch of disgruntled uh, Republicans institutional Republican activists who, who couldn't get jobs under in a Trump wave. And so they just flip to the other side to at least make a few million bucks off of credulous Democrats and left-wing Republicans. But the, I, I had exactly the same thought with those two people in mind in particular, was Gary Sass and Dawson Hodgson, where, you know, they were getting ink, they were getting attention as they're the, you know, the Lincoln, oh, yeah. but where, where are the follow-ups? Where is the, Hey, what think about right. this guy from the Lincoln project who was, who was soliciting yeah. young men? I mean, what do you, what do you, what yeah. do you think of that? I mean, just to, the contrast right. with the kind of follow-up you get with, with who are Trump oh. supporters, um, like Doreen Costa, and I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. You know, we've got to go get – now that some, the President Trump is in some kind of hot scandal, we have to go get those two people's explanation for their continued support. <laughs> but when it's the other way, it's, no, you know, whatever. It's, that's a, that story's done. Nobody really cares about that. And that, that's, you know, it's typical of Rhode Island, but kind of disappointing. And Justin, finally, what do you make of this lieutenant governor? I don't know what else to call a contest. 60 people entered. They released their names. They released their letter. One of them was uh, the, the WPRI meteorologist. He's like the not the full one, but uh, TJ Del Santo, which I thought was odd. They reported that on their website, but not in their news. But uh, suddenly now and then they said, oh, and by the way, if you miss the deadline, you can still enter. You know, what, what do you make of this whole process? I, there's just something about this whole thing that 
I, I think it's a lot of foolish. I was also surprised some of the people that I, I don't understand why they're, quote, like throwing their tossing their hat in the ring. Uh, one of them is, you know, I, I, what, what do you make of the whole thing? There's nothing about this whole process that I I think is uh, is good. Yeah, I think it it seems like a a reasonable instinct gone wrong. Like the reasonable instinct is I'm not yeah. just going to pick a political friend. Uh, I'm going to have an actual process where I look at re- applications uh, that from McKee, you know, being, that being his attitude. And it, it seems like a great place to start. But like, I think you almost, had, I wonder if he was just surprised at the response. Just the, it wasn't really a credible thing. It was just people saying, hey, why not? I'll put my hat in a ring. I'll put put in an application. Donna Nesselbush apparently has raised tens of thousands of dollars for a campaign, I guess. But I, So at this wow. point, I think it's just, you know, either either just appoint somebody and move on or call for a special election or don't, as the Republicans have asked, don't fill the spot. Just say, you know what, we don't need this. We'll move ahead. Uh, I just, yeah, it's, it's gotten to the point where I, I think it's it's just kind of a, a it seems like a, a raffle. You know, you might, you might as yeah. well, if you want to talk about inappropriate ways to raise money, there ought to, we ought to, maybe there should be a, to fill some budget holes. You have to put in, everybody can put in 20 bucks to get a raffle ticket to become Lieutenant Governor. And then, and then a, a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll pull the name out of the hat and you get to be that person. I think uh, it reminds me of the old Bill, William F. Buckley line that you'd rather be governed by the first, whatever, hundred people in the, the phone book than the staff at Harvard or something to that effect. I mean, that's what yeah. we're almost to that point where it's just, you know, either just either pick the person you think will do the job right or raffle it off or don't fill it. I just, there's, it's gotten I, silly. I, I was trying to explain to someone, it's, it's really simple. He needs, he's going to pick someone who's going to help him win the Democrat primary for governor next september september 2022 that's it that's what it's about because he's going to pick someone that's going to help him against jorge alorza seth magazina nelly gorbia those are right now his three opponents that he's going to face like he's going to be number four there could be more uh could be a paleo or someone but he's going to select someone that's going to help him in that primary period end of story he's not reaching across the aisle he's not trying to put people over politics he's not trying to reinvent the wheel here He's trying to win that primary because they all believe if you win the Democrat primary for governor next September, whoever wins that will be the governor, period, end of story. Uh, They're not afraid of anyone coming from the Republican side. It's all about winning that. So we will find out. Folks, he is the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin Katz, just a great job as always. Stay safe. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal Since 2006 And also 24-7 emergency service available Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal Stump grinding Tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com